Welcome to episode 15 of the 2 on 3 podcast, where if two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2 on 3 pod or with your hosts, Ty, that's me, at S-E-A-T-J-K, and Chris, who posts all his bad opinions at C.D. Villasenor. But Wonderful. they're not, I don't post all my bad opinions there. <laughs> <laughs> You I have, save some for the podcast? I have plenty of bad opinions. I have opinions, and many people have supported me, although not publicly. Many people are saying that your opinions are bigly uh, tremendous. Tremendous. I have terrific opinions. I have the best <laughs> opinions. Believe All me. All right. So we do a robust 10 minutes on three topics and end the show with uh, some free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. <laughs> this week, we're going big. Time. As we talk about the proper form for big-timing somebody, big-timing your own employees by denying them a living wage, remaking animated live-action Disney movies with big names and big budgets, and we'll wrap up with some critical analysis of everyone's first favorite anime and its Netflix comeback, Voltron. A big robot, if we want to, if we want to stay with the theme. Well, there was that uh, Pacific Rim two came out, right? Or well, we might have to talk. Out. We might have to. We might have to. We Maybe we'll just talk about it. robots, big robots. Yeah, we're gonna talk about big robots. All right. So first, let's talk about big timing. So last week, uh, Kevin Byard, who plays safety for the Tennessee Titans and was a first team All Pro last season, um, was big timed on Twitter by Deion Sanders, who said uh, that Honey Badger Taran Matthew was the is the best safety in the game, which. You know, that's wildly incorrect, and that's kind of a sports analyst job to, to deliver the hot takes. Um, but Kevin Byard reached out on Twitter to Dion and was like, how do you make this comment without even including the first team AP All-Pro safeties? And Dion's response was, you're looking at who writers tell you who's the best. I know who players and former players feel is the best. I rest my case. You continue to be a fan, and I will continue being the man. Hashtag truth. <laughs> Hashtag truth. That's the best part of this whole thing. It's, truth. It's, it's pretty rough. Dion, first of all, Kevin Byard, again, I just introduced him as a first-team All-Pro safety. Dion's job is an as analyst for an, the NFL. It's really quite disgusting that he doesn't know who that is just by looking at it and that his first reaction is to be like you don't know you ain't me you ain't seen what i seen <laughs> which is my all-time worst thing that all these sports guys do they're all they look back on this their rosy careers all pro legendary and no one's gonna no one's gonna argue with that dion was a one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever play the game but now that you're wa- done, now that you're sitting in the booth, to get all high and mighty about this stuff always always hacks me off. Well, Dion, I always felt like Dion actually brought something to the table as far as, you know, being a broadcaster. I always appreciated his take. He's always, you know, he's fun to watch on TV. Not in the same way, like, I don't like Michael Irvin, for instance, as much. No. Um, I think Playmaker gets a little too, uh, too loose sometimes on the, on the show in a way that's <laughs> not necessarily adding things to the show. It's like, I don't know what you're yelling about, Mike. Um but I got to tell you, I think that this this hurts my opinion fairly strongly. I mean, not that I have a, a really high opinion of any you know analyst, studio analyst uh, when it comes to the NFL, but I'm really less inclined to listen to anything Dion has to say because one, big timing is never a good look, like you said, and two, right. to be this ignorant and then that's your that's your move. Right. It's weak. Right. You're looking at who writers tell you who's the best. Well, 
forgive me for remembering, but maybe Ryder said you were the best at one point, Dion. <laughs> this is the funny part about it. You know, you get this you get people who were lauded by fans who were who were without question one of the top players in the league and then they sit around again just reminiscing about how great they were and can't put the game in front of them in any sort of real perspective you know these people work hard they 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 play the game that you played although you could argue that they're playing against better athletes than you played against in the early 90s. I don't think there's much of an argument there. I think that's for sure the case. And, you know, Deion Sanders is transcendent football talent, but but to big-time the current players because you think that I'm a legend and don't have to deal with you is just crap. It's uh, So I'm looking at Deion's resume. It's pretty good. Oh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> two two Super Bowl championships, eight time Pro Bowl appearances with a with an interesting gap in the middle. Um, eight time first team All Pros, also mm-hmm. that same gap in the in the middle. And I wish I could remember why, but there's something about 1995 where he apparently wasn't good. Um, I'm guessing it was probably an injury. Yeah, probably uh, hurt. Yeah, NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1994. Yeah, I mean more 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 interceptions for touchdowns than almost anybody. He's probably, he's at least top or one of the top in that category. He could return punts and kicks. He was, he was amazing. But part of the job of any analyst, and I think this is where, this is the beauty of world wrestling entertainment, (laughs) but part of the job of the people in the booth is to sell me the game, right? Yes. Like when the game is going good, they need to add to it. When the game sucks, they need to work hard to sell this game to you. And when when somebody like Deion Sanders won't sell the game because he's too caught up in his own bullshit, his own legacy or his own like I was great and you possibly can't possibly be better than me. I think it I think he's first of all not doing his job. You know, they pay you money to sell me this game. So so get to selling. Yeah, outside of hashtag truth, the thing that caught my eye on this post that really uh, made me want to talk about it is that the first comment on the article is just a total ethering by the commenter who says, obviously Twitter is another thing Dion couldn't tackle. <laughs> he was not interested in tackling. And that was the other thing from last year where Eli Apple refused to tackle people. Yeah, and they compared him to Deion Sanders, and Deion Sanders Romo. got crap. Yeah, Romo, Romo did. did. <laughs> it was Romo. Yeah, and, and and Deion got crappy about it, and everyone knows that Deion Sanders wasn't interested in tackling people. I mean, that was just that was just a commonly known thing. But that wasn't hit really his job. His job wasn't to lay licks on people. He wasn't a particularly willing tackler, like say someone like Richard Sherman is. Richard Sherman's a very willing tackler for a cornerback. Yeah. Um, Especially but, for a slightly billed gentleman. Yeah. But Dion, Dion sort of, he's got his head up his ass. And and it's hard to blame him for having, <laughs> he was great. But again, you're, you're, jo- you're doing a different job now. Your yeah. job is not to run down guys who are trying to make a name for themselves or trying to make a living playing football your job is to sell the game. Your job is to say, Kevin Byard was had a really terrific season. 
and should abs- and should obviously be mentioned among the best players in the game. But I think Tyrion Matthews better, and here's why. And then yeah. that's it. I mean, it's a totally, it's a it it the difference is, I make the I'm I'm starting a discussion. I'm I'm recognizing that there's talent in the NFL, and I'm selling you this product. And this whole this whole bit about I played the game and uh, the former athletes. This is if you listen to enough sports radio, every athlete at some point will get in someone's grill and say, "Well, you didn't play the game. You don't know how this works." Yes. Well, then the next time you decide you want to talk about the president of the United States, you better shut up because I don't recall you being the president of the United States, <laughs> or I don't recall you being the. S- CEO of Facebook. So before you take a crack at Zuckerberg or whomever you want to take a crack at, if I decide to use this argument against you, then you're going to say, well, I have a right to my opinion. <laughs> well, it actually seems that perhaps uh, shitting on the president is the path to becoming the president if you look well, at the most recent results. <laughs> it might be. It might be. But that's the but that argument doesn't hold water anywhere else. Speaking except, of another except, take. Except for the sports people who like to trot this out against every pipsqueak whatever but i will tell you what i'll take the pipsqueakiest tim kirkjian i'll take his i'll take his opinion on baseball over everyone who's ever played the game of baseball because the guy knows it yeah the guys if there were, if they handed out phds he'd have one in fact playing uh playing the sport in, often blinds you to reality because you're like, no, it's this way. And it's like, no, you just felt that it was that way because you're subject being playing the game to the same um, biases and, uh, you know, just mistakes from being in it where you're too close to it to be an objective evaluator. And, you know, I mean, to really come at, come come with this still when you have a guy like Sean McVay, who mm-hmm. is, what is he, like 32? I don't yeah. know. Every time yeah. I hear about how old Sean McVay is, I just feel bad about my own life. Sure. Uh, but, you know, obviously never played the game. Yeah. Uh, at, at not at a professional level anyway. I'm not sure where he played or, or what his what his minor or amateur resume uh, includes, but uh, clearly capable of scheming at a very high level in a way that maximizes talent and speaks to his ability to evaluate that talent in a way that maybe Dion should just shut up about. <laughs> right, John Gruden. Right, he's making yeah. a he's making a ten million dollars a year to coach football, and he played at Akron or wherever that, he. That <laughs> might not be the best example <laughs> <laughs> but this it happens everywhere and every and every gifted athlete you're right probably has some sort of blind spot in terms of what it really takes to succeed because naturally talented people in any way shape or form always have a blind spot they have this this success bias Yes. To say, you know, that just says, I was successful by doing it this way. You should do it that way, too. And it's really funny because I work with uh, a number of young people and early career people. And while I sometimes say I did this and it was successful for me, I am always very cognizant to not say do this and you'll be successful because that's how I did it. Because that's just a dumb thing to say. Because they didn't have the same opportunities I've had. They haven't, you know... I consider myself not not only relatively talented <laughs> at what I do, but I also realize I've had certain opportunities that, that a lot of other people haven't had. So that's uh, so I try to keep that in mind when I'm oh, when when I, talking about this stuff. Yeah, whenever I bring on somebody on board somebody new, uh, the first thing I ask them to do is 
for the first four months. You know, keep a log of what's stupid. Like, yeah. what do you come across that's dumb? Right. That makes no sense to you. And maybe there's an explanation, maybe there's not, but I at least want to know because you have fresh eyes. Yeah, and you might as well take advantage of that. But, you know, you're also... So yeah, quickly, I'm, not, I'm also we... not. I'm also not a legend at what I do, and I also had to do some work, and I also had to learn some hard lessons along the way. So that's that's, good that's something you like to share. Well, quickly before we move on, does Dion get bonus points or get dinged for the fact that his '90s look was basically just sports ice cube? <laughs> the uh, the head the head thing and the and the neck thing. Well, that's the Jerry curl, the hats, the 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 sunglasses, oh, the man. chains. Like Jerry, I mean, it's very the whole thing is very nineties, no, but he's very NWA. No, he yeah. was very he was very influenced by NWA in his college and early pro. Era. Well, maybe they should maybe the comeback should have been. Well, I'll try speaking to you in your native language. Drip 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 <laughs> drip drip drip. All right, moving on. Um, so this week Congress passed a bill. The uh, Save America's Pastime Act that uh, basically allows MLB to continue to pay minor league baseball players a uh, an unlivable wage. Um, they are exempt because they are seasonal employees. I believe is the language that's used. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a I'm particularly offended by this. Um, frankly, on a macro level, I'm very upset with the whole. Oh, we just can't afford to spend any money on our our workforce. You know, we've we've got a, but meanwhile, you know, we got record profits and record CEO salaries and, and a record stock market. But somehow, there's just there's no money for the people. <laughs> well, there's and no money for minor league baseball players. In an uncapped league, there's nothing but money for minor <laughs> leaguers. We had, we spent a whole segment talking about uh, the the league and how there should be promotion relegation. Now, that's not going to work for baseball, but they already have a club-oriented minor league infrastructure, uh, and certainly individual players get signed for, you know, signing bonuses that uh, sure. that uh, hopefully they're squirreling away. But would it be so hard to pay minor league baseball players forty grand? Yeah. I, yeah I, what, what shocks me about this is that they don't even have to pay the minimum wage, which blows me away. <laughs> I think... I think you should at least have to pay baseball players a minimum wage. It is called a minimum wage. I mean, it, is called, it is a federal minimum wage. <laughs> it is federal law. I think that if you said to baseball players, you have an eight-hour day of whatever, I mean, we'll pay you for a 40-hour week. Obviously, baseball players might choose to work out on their own time and practice on their own time because they want to get better, which is... You know, something that other professionals do outside of their work, should they want to advance, will sometimes do stuff <laughs> on their own time to improve. But they should be paid at least a minimum wage. The some of the <laughs> what's the uh, what's the um, the Twitter account? There's a Twitter account that, or no, there's a um, uh, Instagram account called Minor League Grinders. Mm-hmm. That basically <laughs> outline just the horrible things that they these these guys are enduring because they want they have a dream to play baseball, and I don't and I don't really feel like and I and I'm with you on this in that okay they should be making some sort of at least the minimum wage to play baseball because it's a job, but I also understand that you want to play baseball. This is the job you've chosen. You know what I mean? If you want to, if you want to, if at the lowest levels of baseball, you're making 
not a lot, almost no money. I get that because it's the same way with other sports. I mean, you want to be a pro golfer. If you want to go play in the on the cactus tour or whatever, it's different though. It's an individual sport. It's but you're not you're, tied to a franchise. You're what well, you've signed a contract that said I'll pay I'll but the contract shouldn't you, you're paying for a contract. You're playing for a contract, but the contract shouldn't be able to say I'm going to pay you less than minimum wage. That's the and I, so I, I think that I you know maybe you're not going to make a lot of money playing minor league baseball and I get that. But I but I don't see where you could where you'd want to take people whose job it is, you know, their job is a physical job. You you'd want them to be healthy. My sense is you'd want them to be to live a healthy lifestyle or at least have the means to. Right, that's what I don't understand about it, and that's really what starts to you're sort of to, cutting the legs out from under your own your well, own product. Not only that, but you and then I saw, and the reason that this this came to the fore for me was that I saw reactions to it when this legislation passed, which, by the way, was part buried in the omnibus spending bill because you know that's where it belongs. Yeah, sure. Um, is this idea that you're actually pushing youth away from the game if they're not superstars? Like that's it. You're going to only get. You're not even going to be able to eventually field minor league teams of actual talented baseball players because. Uh, you know, I saw dad say this kid who was very talented pitcher say, yeah, uh, once he's in high school, we're done with baseball. Um, because there's no path that, it, that, that gets him to the league. He's not good enough to be an immediate superstar. He's not going to look well, at millions well, this of dollars. Is, really well, this, this also begs the question is, does every, does every athletic path need to lead you to the big leagues or bust anywhere? Well, I mean, I, but no, the, his point was that, that there's not even a re, you, you shouldn't even try because let's say you, it takes you four years of minor league seasoning from the time you're 18 to 22 or 23 to get any chance at AAA or the show. And that in that whole time, it, it, it only works for you if someone else can support you because you're making four sixty three an hour well, for I mean, you three to six to, months a year. You can't go to college on an arm like that. I mean, this is the this is the problem I have with here's you've stumbled upon another thing where every parent whose kid has an inkling of athletic ability thinks to themselves, my kid needs to go play pro at this, which is just a, the dumbest thing. There's especially if you're a pitcher, how many good how many pitchers are there in in the in the major leagues? A hundred. Uh, well, roughly six starters per team, and there's 30 teams, so almost 200 starting 200, pitchers, 200, plus 200, five yeah. bullpen guys. Yeah, 250. Let's call it 250. 250 okay. players, 250 pitchers in the in the majors. At any it's probably time. more than that. It's probably like 350, but go ahead. Okay, but I mean, how many? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a lot. I understand the point you're making. Your your kid is not your kid is not pitching in the major league. Yes, but that doesn't mean if you play baseball for a living, you should get $14 per diem and, and, you a, should and find a banquet something table. else to do. Nobody's making you... This is this is the part of personal accountability. I have an arm that's good. I have an arm that will get me into college. I have an arm that won't get me into the major leagues. That's not a bad thing. You're just a corporate apologist. <laughs> not a corporate apologist. Pro, I have, Chris Villasenor is no, pro-exploitation. No, pro no, I'm not pro-exploitation. I'm pro-understanding what your choices are and what your ta- and how far your talent will get you. I mean, I know that I was a pretty good rock drummer, but I know that I'm not going on tour with Rush. <laughs> I'm just not that good. I'm just not that. It's just not was it in the cards for me. In that yeah, regard. but going back to your original point, minimum wage. You need to no. at least pay these guys minimum wage. Well, if you want to play minor league ball, but you know what? These 
these minor league players, don't tell me these guys weren't good enough to, to get some scholarship money and get themselves a degree and get themselves set up for a job should this whole dream of baseball not work out. So I agree. There's, there's two arguments here. The first argument is I think they're being paid unfairly. Although being paid low isn't, doesn't bother me. I mean, if these guys were making 30 grand or 35 grand a year, between 30 and 40 grand a year to play minor league baseball, I'd be fine with it. Yes, but they're not. But they're not. But the other argument is yeah, maybe you're... they should be doing something else. No <sighs> one's making these guys play baseball. Well, fine. But, I mean, you can say that about literally anything if that's going to be your attitude. Well, it is my attitude about it. You should, if, you're, if your situation sucks, you should change it. Fine, but from a if from a from a macro perspective, from a society perspective, we do a very poor job holding the people who hold the levers of power with regard to financial uh, control accountable to their decision making. And meanwhile, we you brought up NCAA. Is there not is there not a players union for for minor leaguers? Is there not a players union? I mean, whose fault is this? Whose fault is this, really? I mean, sure, the owners suck. Let's, I, I'm fine with that. Well, as a nation, we're not really very good about organized labor and, and collective bargaining total, in, in total. In pro sports? In the big four pro sports? They've all got labor unions. Do, these, well, do, do minor leaguers not have a labor union? I don't know. But I don't ride with this idea that the, 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 uh, it's good for society for employers to pay as little as the market will bear. I don't think that's a good policy. But it's... It's not, and I agree, and that's why we have certain things like the minimum wage or right. benefits and these kind of things. And because you know what, you could pay poor people less, and they still do their <laughs> shitty jobs. They, that's not what I'm saying. You're, you're putting you're putting words in my mouth. But, yeah, that's but every job, this. but every job is worth something. And what is the and how much is single A minor leaguer worth? Like, what are the economics behind single A? Or double A baseball. Well, I mean, you brought the NCAA into it, and that's just the same thing. Which is that okay? Now you're talking about these guys. You want these guys to be full time athletes as well as get themselves a decent degree, well enough to you know uh, get another career going. If baseball Olympic doesn't pan athletes, out. Olympic athletes do it. Do they though? Because how many stories are there about like how people who have basically like they've spent all of their family's money on this Olympic dream and then they like got hurt the week before the Olympics <laughs> and that's it? Oh, now we're broke and we sold our house and <laughs> we're all gonna die. It starts listen, that. Listen, and that and no one made them do it, and <laughs> no one made them do it. They made choices. There's an accountability piece here that that you could choose a profession that was that paid a little more, that maybe wasn't exciting, that maybe wasn't exactly your dream. But, and, and why, and, and you chose. I suppose. I agree. It's not like they, choosing to, but it's not be... like choosing to be a painter. You're entering into, like, a, a business ecosystem that generates millions, if not billions of dollars. And yeah. they're just. Uh... And Clayton Kershaw's making all of it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yes, and I'm disgusted with the dynamics to begin with, but I'm extra disgusted that we've now codified it into law. Well, that the laws, the laws, bullshit. Let's yeah. be clear. <laughs> okay, gonna, so, all right, we can agree on that then. But there are life choices that you need to make if you think to yourself, "I, I'm gonna play minor league baseball. I'm coming in at the bottom." Listen, 
how many if you're not if you're not on the way up fast and you're in single A ball, you better get ready to ride that bus and make no money because that's the life you've chosen. You could play a guitar in bars, you know, with your your with on a, in a shitty van and hopefully you make the big time someday. But guess what? You you were chasing a dream and this is what it costs. Sorry. Fine. It doesn't have to be that way and it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, they should make they should make at least make minimum wage. Please. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right, so for our last topic tonight, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about live action Disney remakes. So Recently, there was announced that they're going to make a live-action version of Lady of the Tramp, which nobody is asking for, so thanks for that. Um, not that long ago, there was a lot of news, obviously, about the Lion King remake and Beyonce's involvement. So I thought we'd go through this list of what's happened and what's been announced. And why don't you just give me a quick thumbs up and thumbs down and maybe a sentence or two on each movie as we move through them. So the first one, live-action Disney movie, 2010, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, God. The Johnny Depp one? Yes. Well, there is no other one. Oh, no, I didn't like it. You didn't like it? I enjoyed it. No. It's it's fine. It's it was um, just Depp doing. It was it was basically Depp doing his Charlie his his Willy Wonka. Is it? Are we sure it's not a Willy Wonka sequel? It it kind of is, but I'm I'm more distracted the whole time through by uh, Mia Wasikowska's cholera face. It's <laughs> <laughs> very love in the time of cholera with her. I, I hear what you're saying. Number two, Maleficent 2014, which is ostensibly a Sleeping Beauty movie, but obviously it's not really about that. It's, I think, I thought it was good. I actually enjoyed Maleficent. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that little weird, the, the weird, you know, this she's whole, a weird bat. I don't really well, understand. This, well, there's this whole, there's this whole humanizing of, like, let's tell, I mean, she's, Maleficent is one of Disney's greatest bad guys. Yeah. She is so awesome. I mean, when you're a little kid and you see Maleficent, she scares the shit out of you. She's still probably the scariest of all of the the bad guys in in Disney in Disney animation. And humanizing her is a fun exercise, but I kind of liked her when I when she was just built of pure evil. Yeah, I'm not interested in the uh, the sort of relatable <laughs> right. version of she was she was better when she was badass thorn making dragon fire breathing badass i agree right. cinderella 2015 starring lily james and uh king in the north rob stark <laughs> i never get tired of lily james she's just she's just terrific but I'm the all, problem I'm, i think that i had with this movie is that it is not a musical because most disney movies are yeah, and Cinderella is one that has a lot of iconic songs in it, and it's sure. like you're really gonna have a fairy godmother like scene with no bibbity bobbity boo. That's just yeah. it doesn't work. I was for okay. Me. I was okay with it. Directed by the great Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, now that, and and that's probably what saves it. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a. He brings a little class to it. He just brings that Shakespearean touch that he loves so much. Yeah, yeah. you know, he's, he brings there's some there's some of those there's some of those uh, like Sir Derek Jacoby. Who shows up? He's the dad. He's the uh, he's the uh, the king. Yes, and he's like completely Shakespeare pedigreed, and hangs out with. I I wonder if those guys just sit around and quote sh- drink drink whiskey and quote Shakespeare a bunch. You think that's what they do? I bet Branagh is a good days? hang for like thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a better hang for longer. Than he probably has a lot of good stories. He's probably got all the best stories. All right, uh, 2016, Jungle Book. I was very skeptical about skeptical about this going into it, but uh, really I quite it. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. I I, I really thought um, everything was good. 
about it. And they, they threw in the songs. They threw mm-hmm. in some songs for you. Yeah. They, they, they kept some of the musical pieces going. But um, seamless animation. Everything was, uh, it was high quality. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, it, the, the characterization of the animals worked well. Uh, and that's, I think, the thing that was going to, they, they, like, they successfully sort of imbued it with that sense of reality that uh, it can be a challenge when you're recreating, especially an animated movie about animals, which is, again, why I'm not really interested in Lady and the Tramp, which, by the way, I don't like that movie anyway. So, it's, right. It's, it's, it's quite boring. <laughs> uh, 2017, Beauty and the Beast, obviously starring Emma Watson. Emma Watson. So I get one beef with this right <laughs> off the bat. Yes. Why don't you cast a French girl? Because she's speaking with an English accent the whole time, and these are French people. Well, and it just it makes me crazy. Well, Beauty and Beast is the animated version is all English actors. Fine, right? but it's or I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, they're not. They're not. It's Listen, accentless English. I in the, in am. The... I am not going to argue against casting Emma Watson in anything. Now, which brings up a funny point about women who grow up in film. At what point does it stop being creepy? I mean, she's 27 years old, right? She shows up in a movie, and you're like, yeah, Emma Watson. And then you catch, like, Sorcerer's Stone, and she's 11, and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, now you're all screwed up, right? Because, yeah. because, because that 27-year-old... That you thought, hey, man, she's really cute. Man, that's good stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, you wheel around on a different channel. It's like, whoa, God. This is, this is very... I think the answer is, is never, difficult. unfortunately. The answer what? is never. Right. This happens with this happens with Scar Joe. Like, you'll be watching whatever with 30-year-old Scar Joe, and then all of a sudden, 14-year-old Scar Joe shows up in some, some movie, and you're just like, oh... I feel at the, bad. At the risk of this, uh, yeah, speaking of, I, I remember the first time I saw Eight-Legged Freaks. Luckily, I was a teenager. ScarJo and I were roughly the same age. She's a few years younger okay. than I am. But okay. I remember seeing Eight-Legged Freaks and going, who's that? Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyway. Uh, it happens yep. in reverse, too, though, because I recently saw a picture of a young Nancy Pelosi with John F. Kennedy, and I was like, oh, hey. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm kind of grossed out by myself right now. <laughs> she is really cute. <laughs> I was uh, I had I was having this this discussion. I said that out loud. It's all right. <clears throat> you know, I mean, even the most heinous people could be attractive <laughs> at one point in their lives. But the uh, I was having this discussion with um, my daughter about Paul Newman. So we were talking. Oh, how did Paul Newman come up? Oh, she's watching all the uh, all the Nicholas Sparks movies. <laughs> I don't know why. She's just into him. Anyway, uh, I said, well, the, one of my favorite Nicholas Sparks movies, we might have to stack rank these one day, is Message in a Bottle with uh, Costner. And um, his dad's played by Paul Newman. And I said, oh, when Paul Newman was young, he was a really good looking guy. And so we sort of looked up some internet pictures of Paul Newman. She's like, oh, yeah, he was really handsome. And I was trying to figure out how to like, it's like, oh, well, he's the voice of the old car in the first Cars movie. He's the voice of Doc. It's like that's how you'd know Paul Newman. <laughs> so poor Paul Newman's like career in this house has been sort of reduced to message in a bottle and, you know, cars. But but the fact that he had a long career, and this is what I'm getting at, as you have these long careers, you know, you, you see them in many, many phases of their you know, you see them as young people, you see them as and, you know, Emma Watson's just sort of in the midst of of living that as she's, you know, 
I guess getting close to 30. God, how old am I now? How old is that? How old is your center before you can show him Cool Hand Luke? <laughs> I don't I don't know. We'll have a we'll have to have a discussion later about how my kids just aren't interested in old movies, but no, I don't think any No, kids it's cuz it, no, you hear it right away. It looks old. Yeah, it's crappy. Yeah. It doesn't no, mean anything. But yeah, doesn't HD mean. ruined them for, for <laughs> forever. All right, so we're not making it through very this list very fast. No, uh, so well, now well, we're going to move well, on there? to the announced movies. Well, you missed 101 Dalmatians. Oh, I did. You're right. There's 101 Dalmatians and 102 Dalmatians. Yes. Glenn Close just basically eating up scenery for hours and hours. Yeah, those movies are fine because the animals don't have to, they don't play like a, a character role. Yeah, and Hugh Laurie's in those movies, isn't yeah. he? You see, you see the dad? Right, so yeah. moving on to the announced things, the yet to be released. Uh, there are for five, there's 500 of them. Yeah, and which has started this topic, right? Is it that, I don't know, is this a good trend? Or is this just, more, I mean, I know you're out on it in general. Like you're, you're sort of not for it. Well, I just think it's, I just think it, well, it's lazy. I think of we course, can agree. Of well, think, that's Hollywood. Come on. <laughs> I think it's. I think we can agree that these are already tried and true things that they're just trying to double up, double dip your money on. But I'm not particularly interested in. But I'm not particularly interested in any of this, to be honest. But the directors and who they've got lined up for these things are top notch. They've got top notch talent across the board because obviously they're paying money because they know they're going to make a lot of money. Well, then let's rip through them and you can tell me whether or not right. you think it's going to work out. Okay, Christopher Robin. So Winnie the Pooh movie, mm, may, uh, maybe I think didn't that, they just uh, do Paddington Bear and didn't it wasn't it not good? The first Paddington's awesome. I didn't see the second Paddington. There's although, two. Yeah, there's yeah. two. The first Paddington's terrific, terrific movie. Watch it with your kids for sure. All right, uh, this isn't really a remake, but uh, Mary Poppins Returns, starring Emily Blunt. So I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Does she wear an exoskeleton and shoot aliens? Uh, no, because but that that's the only too. that's the only time I'm interested in Emily Blunt. I don't feel that way at all. All right. Mary Poppins with Emily Blunt. Well, she's the right casting. Yeah. I, I was. Uh, Mary Poppins is one of my first, like, crushes. Yeah. Like, Julie yeah. Andrews is Mary Poppins. You know, we have this. There's this whole little con. There's this whole little thing that my, my wife and I always talk about. It's the oldest person you'd make out with. <laughs> and Julie Andrews is without question the oldest woman I'd make out with. She's like 82 years old. I totally make out with Julie Andrews. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I'm trying to remember who Helen Mirren came on stage with at the Oscars. Helen Mirren stands to be the oldest woman that I would make out with should um, should Julie Andrews someday pass, which I hope never happens. Um, but, oh, it was, uh, uh, it was, yeah, it was Helen Mirren and Jane Fonda, and I was kind of like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, septuagenarians? <laughs> All right, let's blow through these. We already blow, we already blow right. through the timer, so we're never going to get done with this. All right, number eight, Aladdin. Yeah, Guy you know Ritchie. Why? You know what? Yeah. Direct, but Guy Ritchie's overrated. I don't. Yeah, but hold on, a Guy Ritchie Aladdin movie? Yeah, but of... you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, this is oh, here comes the dude sexist take on this whole thing. No woman they can cast is going to be as hot as ja- as animated Jasmine. It's not happening. Jasmine is, without question, the hottest Disney princess by far. It's not even close. <laughs> and, no, and no live woman could look like that. So, unfortunately, the, I'm already out. I was always partial to Belle. Yeah. And the shiny, the shiny brunette hair, the, the, the braininess. Yeah. That's, Cons- that's... Considering the woman you married, this is not a huge surprise to me. <laughs> that, that perhaps Belle would be your favorite. Yeah. I was like, you know, Jasmine, for sure. Yeah. Jas- it's Jasmine. I don't care what uh, you say. It's Jasmine. All right, The Lion King, we touched on already. Yeah. 
path. Uh, I mean, you're really just, it's just Jungle Book with, there's no human characters, so it's really yeah, just but, a... But the original Lion King's so awesome. Yeah. All right, anyway. moving on. Uh, yeah. Mulan. Yeah, I like the original Mulan. So but here's the problem. Interested. The biggest problem with Mulan is that they didn't do this 10 years ago when Mu- Ming-Na Wen could have still played Mulan. <laughs> the best part about Mulan is if they made it a really hard PG-13 and they had like really awesome Asian war. Yeah. Yeah, make it make where, a Mulan where people, live action where, war movie where people like got skewered and shit. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I like, would like got, that. That would be got good. their arms cut off and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like make it really bloody. The yeah, man. <laughs> that would, <laughs> that that was that would be the only way I would get excited about a Mulan movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the next one I was out on right from the get go because I, I feel like there's no way you can make this good. Little Mermaid, but um, Alan Menken back on board for the soundtrack with. Lin-Manuel Miranda. So I will hold judgment with the idea that maybe the music can help save the concept. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't think the Little Mermaid belongs in the in, in a Me Too world. The I don't think so. <laughs> it's really not very no, like but female the, empowering. I think that I think that it comes down to Ursula and the woman who the woman who played who voiced Ursula in the cart in the animated She's so good, and she's got the kind of voice that can only happen from people who've been smoking cigarettes for thirty-five years and yet can still sing. I would cast yeah, Roseanne. She's terrific, Roseanne. Yeah, <laughs> no. she's like no. she's basically already Ursula the Sea Witch, like right now. Right, but she's not. She's not that. The, that that vocal performance, that voice and singing performance from Ursula in the animated feature. No one, no one can pull that off. There's no top line actress who can even touch that can even smell it all right snow white nearly a hundred years old now the animated version yeah it's a classic i don't know i can't what i I don't know no uh there's gonna be a cruella deville solo project (laughs) it's a a prequel it's a A cruella deville prequel a cruella deville prequel yeah can we get emily blunt to star in that uh emma stone Stone. (sighs) uh pass uh peter pan peter pan okay I like so, Peter Pan. They did the weird Peter Pan movie with Hugh Ackman. Hugh Ackman and yeah. what's his face? They've been trying. They've been, they they tried out. They tried out Peter Pan every several years, and it never. It never. Is there going to be exactly it, works? Is it going to be like a aggressively stereotypically racist uh, Native American that's, scene? That's the best part about the original Peter Pan is that whole, um, you know, what's her name? Tiger Lily. Uh, Tiger Lily, yes. The whole that whole pe- that whole bit is funny. You can probably anyway, make that without it being super racist, but I don't trust them not to do it. It's actually one of the few Disney movies I haven't shown my children because it's so aggressively racist. Yeah, no, it's bad, but it's I actually really, I don't know. really they want should, a Disney I want Disney should, to cut together should, a version yeah. that doesn't have what makes the red man red as right. part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I think that you know, I think that if you had a recut Peter Pan that wasn't so blatantly racist uh, and then you just had hook on the other end of it i think that i think that's all the peter pan you need because yeah. i think hook is really well done and the, of course they make the the sensible decision when pan leaves never neverland they put a filipino kid in charge so that's that's what makes hook obviously the uh the best of the pan speaking of someone who that you thought might be a big star and who never really had any kind of career <laughs> rufio was, Rufi, oh yeah. well rufio did the voice of uh fire prince Zay, uh, whatever in the last airbender 
So okay. that's that's Rufio. Speaking of fire prince, isn't uh, Prince of Persia the live action Aladdin movie? <laughs> Can we get God. Jake Gyllenhaal to star in the Aladdin movie? God. That would be <laughs> so bad. All right, moving on. Terrible. Tinkerbell. Terrible. Tinkerbell solo project. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. What? That's that's the that's the rumor. Uh, she's a little long on the tooth. Dumbo. We, we could do better. Dumbo. Don't need it. Pass. Uh, apparently there's an idea to make a, a Chernoborg movie. who's like a, the, the villain in the final segment of Fantasia. What? Yeah, I don't know. Let's just I don't move even on. Know that. Yeah. <laughs> Ch- uh, Chernoborg. Chernoborg. No, pass. Pinocchio? I, I think this one could actually be really good. No, they just had a... Don't they have... Isn't there a weird Pinocchio movie with with um, um, the Italian guy? Uh, the with, Italian guy. You know, Academy Does he do the Italian uh, job? No, the uh, his name escapes me. But Academy Award winner for It's a Beautiful Life. What's his name? I don't. I don't think I know. I have any idea you're shocked about. Come on. Sorry. Look it up while, while, Are while you we're sure? moving on. All right. We're almost finished. Sword in the Stone. Wait, didn't they just didn't Guy Ritchie just have a a terrible King Arthur movie that just came out? I watched that movie recently. It's not good. Oh, it's oh, it's awful. I watched about half of it and had to turn it off because well, because he gets shit. all Guy Ritchie with it in the middle, and right? it just like it goes sideways. It was fine until he got all like smash cut, zoom in, like just settle down, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem. I don't trust Guy Ritchie as far as I can throw him. No, his stylistic um, choices. It's like watching a Mick G movie. Yeah, it, it, but worse. Yeah, Roberto uh, Benini. Roberto is... Roberto Benini oh, made sure, a terrible. Yeah, I never would have come up with that. I know who you're talking about, but I never made a come up with that. made a weird and terrible Pinocchio movie. Really? Oh yeah. All right, I don't know about that. probably not Disney. Probably <laughs> not Disney endorsed. <laughs> no, not really. And then the last one on my list here is Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, dogs, dog talking dog movie. Probably with, fun. Act, probably better real, than this with real dogs. Yeah, probably better than the boring ass original. I uh, just you know. I don't even think I've ever seen Lady and the Tramp all the way through. It's just the wrong side of the track's boyfriend movie. Yeah. Yeah, she's the uptown girl and he's the downtown man. All right, we'll sing the song now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did enough singing. Yeah, after last week's singing, yeah, we'll, we'll take a pass on that. <laughs> all right, so that's it for the show, but we were going to do a little overtime on Voltron. I know you, you said you were... I just want to the promised land. On this I one. just want to make you make a plug for Voltron Legendary Defender because I think it's good, and for people who grew up with the original import of you know of the English language version of Voltron, I also want to p- plug the fact that Voltron is perhaps the epitome of you know it's it's feminist it's feminist anime. Okay. Because Voltron is a girl. The robot. Well, so male lions have manes. Okay. And all five of the Voltron lions, none of them have a mane. Okay. All five of those lions are women. Okay. And together they form the greatest defender of the universe who happens to be a woman. Voltron is a woman. And should be celebrated as feminist. And should be celebrated as, 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 as you know, as feminist, uh, as feminist art. Well, don't tell those red pill nerds about this. They're gonna get real upset. <laughs> but this is true, and I and I absolutely stand behind that, a hundred percent. 
Yeah, I didn't make it through all the updated stuff. That's mostly I haven't enough time to watch it, and it's just a little too old for my kids still to be interested. Yeah. Um, but Voltron is responsible for what I believe to be like the first co- comic bit I ever did as a as a young child, which is why don't they just form the ro- like why don't they form the robot right away? <laughs> right. Why don't we get out the sword right away? Right. Get form the <laughs> robot immediately. Get out the sword right away, and then there's then and you cut have the 20- monster in half. Yeah. It's not a tw- it's not a twenty two minute show. It's an eight minute show. We just get out there. <laughs> Because they fight, right? They fight. They fight with the every time. Fight with the robots. Yep. Don't form. They finally form Voltron. Right. Fight some more, mm-hmm. and then don't win until they one shot the villain with the sword. Right. Every Fun episode. Sword. Every single one. Yep. Yep. Here it is. Hit it out. Hit. Give me the sword. Cut you ever watch an episode where like the first monster dies quick, and you're like, "What's happening? It's happening the before the first commercial break." <laughs> and then the rest of the show was uh, a condensed version of a regular episode where another monster came. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually pulled the sword out. Yeah, well, sometimes you had to start with them finishing up a fight before they, they moved on. But also the original Voltron was a complete celebration of the mullet. Those guys all had the best mullets. So anyway, I think that, uh, I think that they're doing a nice job with the Voltron Legendary Defender. I'd like to see them pull... The same move with something like Battle of the Planets for you G-Force types. Um, I think that uh, I think they've done a nice job of sort of building it out. It's not so formulaic anymore. It's not so. It's not just monster fight the monster. There's there's a lot more stuff going on. There's a lot more personal dynamic that they've well, they've thrown in there. So what led me to thinking that this would be a fun transition topic is because I actually would be pro live action Voltron movie. It's one of the things I've wanted for as long as I can almost remember. Sure. Since Michael Bay ruined the Transformers, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> man, Transformers, Transformers is hard to watch. There's so much good canon material for you to work with. The best part about Transformers was that they had uh, human personalities and human dynamics. Right. Like, well, the other thing is that for some odd reason, Bay decided to make the action impossible to follow. It sucks. And it's so noisy. Yeah. It just gives me a headache. It's it's. It's too much. Yeah. And I mean, I know I sound like an old fart here, but I'm not because I do like a, an action movie, a loud action movie. Yeah. Those things are just too much to deal with. They're not good. And they get progressively worse as the movies go along. But I'm okay with I'm okay with episodic Voltron in animated form. I, you know, as much as I'd like to see somebody do something great with Voltron like in a live action setting. I'm not really clamoring for it because they just screw it up. I used to think Ryan Johnson would be a good choice for director, but then The Last Jedi happened. <laughs> and then, well, there you have it. You know, speaking of The Last Jedi, I'm really disappointed that it's been, what, available on demand for, what, 10 days now, something like that? Oh. Uh, or maybe two weeks now. And yeah. when for Force Awakens first came out, I think I bought it, like, the second day. And Last Jedi just sitting there, like, on the available to watch. <laughs> and I'm like, eh. Yeah. I bought so. ju- I bought Justice League the other day. Oh yeah, last weekend you bought it. Yeah, well, I mean it was cheap. <laughs> it was cheap on Amazon, All right. and I watched it with the kids and I liked it. Yeah. So I'll watch it when it's free. Yeah, you'll watch it when it's free. Yeah. I, I, I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying a couple of trips through. Uh, um, even even though they screwed up the mustache removal, <laughs> something fierce. I heard about that. Which is so that part's so bad. Oh, that's a pretty good movie, and I think that I think it I think. You you need to probably take a a, a real look at it. I like to but CGI my mustache off. Yeah, you should just shave that thing off. You well, thought it goes with the rest of the beard. <laughs> <laughs> and 
anyway. Voltron, I, I love the, the very Japanese characters in Voltron 2. There's basically Ken from Street Fighter, sure. Ryu from Street Fighter, uh, <laughs> and then a fat Chung guy. Chung Lee. <laughs> well, e, fa- e Honda. E Honda. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, Ihana, uh, and then Chung there's Lee. no Pidge though. There's no Pidge in Street Fighter. For me I guess I guess there isn't a Pidge in Street Fighter. No, there? but this, so yeah, two two sort of like bros, and then like a fat guy, a little guy, a little guy, and a girl, and a girl. It's just that's the the Japanese anime formula. You gotta well, I mean, you gotta you gotta cover off on your bases. <laughs> you gotta get everybody involved. This is important. Anyway, let's let's wrap this up by saying I don't know. We I watched Pacific Rim the other day. The original Pac- or the new the one? original. The okay. original Pacific Rim. And it is so much fun. I just it's... love that. I think that movie's terrific. And I know it's not I know people have their problems with it, but I think it's just awesome. <laughs> I, I never it. I, I never get tired of watching that stupid movie. And um and to see that the and to see that I knew that I knew that this Pacific Rim movie wasn't made with the kind of love that Del Toro made the right. original Pacific Rim. That's the thing Cash about grab. watching. Cash grab. That's the thing about the original Pacific Rim is you know Del, Academy Award winner <laughs> Guillermo Del Toro really put a lot of love into that. There was there's a lot of heart in it. Yeah. And I just know that this that the sequel is just a crap. Yeah. It, well, you know, I'm not a fan of of sequels that need a subtitle. Like a, you know, whatever you call well, it. Well, it's fine. I mean, that part's fine, but you can just tell that they, there's no care to it. It's just, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I right, go, so yeah, I'm going to end up seeing it. Early returns are Pacific Rim Two is bad, <laughs> and not in a good way, which All maybe right. the original is. Well, thanks for listening to the big time episode of the two on three podcast. Uh, appreciate you sticking with us each and every week and we will see you on the flip. Wait a minute. The flip. Is that some sort of comment about my nationality? (laughs) 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 This is the last episode of this podcast. We'll see. After I've been so cruelly, after I've been so cruelly treated by my co-host. Slandered. (laughs) We'll see this flip on the flip. (laughs) Whoa! Peace!